Boom. Welcome back to another episode of the Espresso Hour, where the running joke is it's going to be much shorter than an hour because we are once again hyped up on caffeine from our new production studio, officially called The, the Shipyard. Shipyard. This is V000.1. We are in a completely empty, blank studio. A little bit echoey, a little bit gritty, I like to say. <laughs> gritty is a good word. We're here and feels like the start of kind of a, a new chapter. It, do, it does feel like the start of a new chapter. I'm really excited about it. I still don't know where it's going to go, where the podcast studio is going to go. It might go over there. It might go over here. Where's the mural of Arnold? And where's the squat rack? There's a lot we can do in here. It's a pretty big space. I think it, it I don't is. know how many square feet it is, but we have more space than we know what to do with, certainly. Yeah, it's, it'll be cool to grow into it, too. You know, this is the first one. We hope this is the first of many shipyards, uh, different places that we can create, meet other creators. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be really fun to have other people from Miami come pass through and we could record episodes with them. So the world is our oyster. We don't know where this is going to go. I think painting that long-term vision where we've kind of had this in the back of our head. I know I have for many years of having a creative space where in the long term, I think a gym, cafe, grill, co-working space, all that kind of put together would be awesome. Grill is key. Like uh, everything. And expanding that across, who knows? I think one of the ideas of bringing digital communities and spaces into the physical world, I think is really cool, Mm -hmm. where you can gather online, but then you have a couple spots where people meet up and it's like, oh, it's a trip to go there, I think is really cool. Yeah. So we'll see if this turns into that or if we, this is going to teach us a ton about a ton. what goes into doing that because we're already seeing that with getting the AC set up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of funny when uh, you got the keys before I did and we came over and it was my first time seeing it. I opened the door and 50% of me was like, wow, this is so exciting. And the other 50%, I immediately felt so much anxiety because I was like, now we have to figure out what to do with this. Seriously, we have to figure out what to do with it and the possibilities are endless because we have a ton of space. I think we know we want to do a podcast setup. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing we're going to build is so we can come in record from here because we've been recording Espresso Hour from our computers, from our desk, which is fine. It's worked. But having a dedicated desk where we can capture a nice quality, crisp angle, short form content from another angle. And mm-hmm. we're already taking the time to record it. So we might as well extract the most value out of it. But we also kind of wanted an office. This is, I guess, technically the second office we had. We signed that one where we went in for about four days total because it was- <laughs> It felt like rats in it a was cage. A, it was a windowless corner office of a co-working space that was just as echoey as this. We realized we couldn't record Ship 30 live calls from there. We signed a six month lease that we could not break and we stopped going after about four days. I won't lie, getting that office immediately brought me back to like having, it felt like showing up to that job you hate and you're like, yeah. oh, uh, I have to like sit here. The, and I, the chair was like, cold. I remember sitting there, the chair was cold. We, we wanted to make it work. That was about, that was August of last year. Uh-huh. Yeah. We tried, we gave, we, tried. It a, we gave it a good college try. Yeah. And then we realized we didn't need that space because we weren't doing anything. The idea was just to do ship 30 yeah. in person. But, so, something I think that that's cool to just point out here 
because I think a lot of times you can default to the mindset of thinking that you need all of this in order to begin. Like I've definitely fallen into that trap a lot. And I think it's just cool to point out that, yeah, this is going to be a really cool space and I'm excited to build it out. But we also have been doing this podcast for, I don't know, six months, a while before Mm -hmm. this. And then even before that, like we were doing free webinars and stuff on YouTube. I, I from my mom's from, from your my like childhood bedroom. bedroom with like my bed in the background. <laughs> yeah. I had like the wide angle camera. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of podcast episodes that I did with other people, and they're like, I'd open it up like, here I am in my childhood bedroom. There's my bed. Yep. There's my bookcase. So it's been an evolution, and it's going to be fun to turn this into our space. So we started to work with Kevin Shen, his design agency, who set up a ton of creative studios for Ali Abdal, Sean Puri, a lot of the uh, people with beautiful video setups. Yeah. So we're working with them because I don't think we want to keep it white. It's been fun to start to brainstorm what this is going to look like. Mm-hmm. And capturing and documenting that evolution is going to be the most fun part of this initial stage. Do you, do you think we're going to go dark mode? I think so. I think we could go we could go dark mode and then the podcast wall be like red and blue mm-hmm. ship and everything mm-hmm. else is like yeah. Black, rustic, mm-hmm. leather. So it It is, that's where it gets into it of, oh no, these decisions feel kind of permanent nah. um, when you pick a, but their whole thing is you can repaint your wall. Yeah. And this, that, and the other thing. But I like the, we're going to film on my phone every time we walk in here until it's done. It probably won't be done and who knows how long it's going to take, but. We're probably severely underestimating how long this is going to take, but. We're on the journey. On the journey, that's for sure. So what else we want to talk about today? What are we going to, uh, what is all the things, what are all the things we could put in brainstorming that a little bit? So one is we want to have a, a podcast set up. I think, I don't know if we've decided yet if we want to do the couch style or the table style. I kind of like the table style, mm-hmm. but we'll see. notes on it. Yeah. And using that for this and then also for creators coming in, you know, having little cameos. Um, we've been talking about that cool idea of maybe other creators coming in and we can like audit their business brainstorm. and go, where's the bottleneck? Mm-hmm. How could you improve the offer? Like, I think that's stuff that we, we want to do a lot more of. Um, we also were talking about having individual YouTube setups where mm-hmm. we could each individually create uh, our own videos and have them have different backgrounds. Mm-hmm. doesn't have to, but that would be a cool thing. Um, having some sort of little area, like even just having a TV somewhere and like a little s- sitting area, we could turn on Squawk Box or something. Yeah, and just, something you know, yeah. I think that would be That'll cool. That me back to my BlackRock days where they had Squawk Box on 15 TVs and I'd just sit there and watch for time. Yeah, we'll just put 10 TVs <laughs> yeah, right up there. All of, we'll put, we could get a global clock for no reason. <laughs> yeah. Monday in Hong Kong, you know. So what time it is in Japan. Right. What time is it? Exactly. That actually will help with some of our calls. Like what time? That is actually it? Will, will help. And then maybe a corner with just, you know, some like 30s for bicep reps. Yeah. Just so that, that is where we have enough space to really t- turn this into whatever we wanted. Uh-huh. So a squat rack, a dumbbell rack, a cable, <laughs> a cable <laughs> tower. We have enough room and that can go right there. Oh, and in, in one of these corners, we need the uh, Mountain Valley 
Oh. Like that two gallon, the Mountain Valley two gallon and the espresso bar uh-huh. are crucial. 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 And mm. and then this, we were talking about, I don't know, there's a couple things we could knock down because it's drywall and stuff, but thinking of actually leaving this and I mean, dude, we could put sneakers up here. We mm-hmm. could put a little memorabilia up here. We could Pokemon put Pokemon cards, cards up there. Cards. There's all sorts of stuff. A little Arnold action figures. We have a lot of wall space that I think we should put to use. I'd like to hang stuff up for yeah. sure. And there's so much creative freedom with this because you can set up walls if we want to, mm-hmm. which is, I don't like to be able to think that we can because that just creates an unbelievable number yeah, of options. Too many. But if you walled off like the podcast space, would that make it too small? Luckily, that's why we're working with the agencies because they'll yeah. be able to take a couple looks at this and figure it out. But I go back to part of my inspiration really for a long time has been fitness YouTubers. I've been watching fitness oh, YouTube for the longest time. Decade. And I remember watching them all sign their initial lease on a creative space. And just go in with a camera like, here it is. Uh-huh. And I remember thinking, that is so damn cool. Yeah. And here we are getting to do that. I think it hasn't really clicked for me yet, but we're there. We've got an empty, echoey space that we're going <laughs> to turn into our whatever we want. Yeah. Which is why I think, too, we wanted to just film this episode here and capture the jankiness of it. Because mm-hmm. this is going to be really cool to look back on. And I'm sure... You know, five years from now, 10 years from now, we're going to look back and be like, wow, do you remember our first shipyard? Mm-hmm. Was that small little, you know, I think mm-hmm. this is probably like 350 square feet, no. you know? I think it's much more. I've lived in, I don't know, 400 square feet? Isn't that, I mean, it's yeah. definitely not, I've lived, maybe 600. I, I think so, because if you think about a small hotel room, those are like 300. Uh, okay. So yeah, this is probably about 600. Yeah. We should know that, but whatever. It's not more than a thousand. Yeah. We know that. So, But it also feels huge. It does. It does feel big. Because you think about what we actually need. Yeah. Having a couple workstations, having, yeah. Something, uh, when we walked in a couple days ago too, that I was thinking about that I thought would be a cool topic to share is sort of how we consciously semi-consciously constructed both of our lives really around this area Mm -hmm. in Miami and I think there were a lot of different ways this could have gone like we could have both come to Miami and been like you know well I want to be in this neighborhood and I want to live over here and I want to spend time on the beach and I want to you know and like Mm -hmm. you bounced around you tried different spaces but there really is a tremendous amount of efficiency in the fact that I mean we live five minutes away from each other Mm -hmm. our office is equidistant between where we both live. Mm-hmm. The gym we go to is two minutes away. Yeah. Like basically our whole life is engineered around this, like, I don't know, three mile. Yeah. yeah. Three mile area. And I've definitely noticed it. I think also living in LA where in order oh. to get anywhere is 45 minutes, you know, I've noticed how much more I'm able to get done in a day when the most I spend in my car is like driving for seven minutes, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think that's, it's an interesting thing to think about for anyone who's, if you're currently living in the city or you're thinking about moving is like, how can you engineer everything in your life to be in a small radius where 
it, anything that you want to do outside of that, like, oh, I want to go to the beach or oh, I want to go try this nice restaurant or oh, I want, it's like, that's always an outlier. You're not doing that every right. week. You're not do, doing that every day. So optimizing for what are you doing most often consistently in a small radius and then going, well, yeah, if I ever want to drive to the beach, okay, I do that on Saturday, you mm-hmm. know? And I think setting this up during the summer was a good choice because I've started to, so one year ago, we moved here, little early June, got our, I was in South Beach and then did a couple of weeks in Brickell. And then I've been now in Midtown here since, since August, but was still working for BlackRock a year and mm-hmm. three months ago. So starting to see kind of the entrepreneurial season of the beginning of the year, January through May is usually heads down. And I honestly think December, given our kind of business, I think mm-hmm. is, is heavier work than some others. But then the summer, especially in Miami, is slower, it's hot. <laughs> really hot. Very hot. Rainy. You, exactly. It's, you don't want to spend all day outside. And so it feels like we're in a mode of we have some travel Let's build this knowing that it's going to take a lot of bandwidth and probably would, it would be very difficult for us to be in a pure build mode with mm-hmm. this. This oh. is a entire build project. Yeah. So relative to the monk mode we did in May or other kind of build sprints we've had, we wouldn't have been able to entertain this. So I think at the beginning of the year, we kind of looked at it that way. If we spent the first five or six months getting some new things, now we're at a, a new level that we were last year at this mm-hmm. time and really in October, November, December, what does it look like to then get comfortable, plug our inefficiencies and iterate at this current level, set this up. So I'm, I really think we'll see the benefits of this space come September, October, November, Agreed. during the end of the year content, during later ship 30 cohorts, things like that, mm-hmm. rather than, cause it's, we don't get that much use out of it right now. Like yeah. I'd be surprised if we had this, set up ready to record podcast by mid-august i think that should be the goal yeah six to seven weeks and document that but we'll see you know yeah we'll see how far we get i i think it's also worth pointing out too that yeah i mean this so not only is this a huge time commitment and it's a huge build out but this is the equivalent of if you and I sat down and we were like okay we know the next product that we want to build or we had know the next business we want to build and really an in-person studio, I think, is worth thinking of like a business because mm. that's what it is. And this was also a big takeaway for us from the mastermind in Cabo, which is like some people go and take all their time, energy, resource and invest that in paid ads. And we were like, well, we're really good at organic. Let's treat organic like our paid ads department and invest more in it. And so this studio is like building out a whole new department in the business. Mm. That department is just called your content engine. And we've done enough work before this to validate ideas. You know, a lot of people who listen to this, we get positive comments all the time. They're like, hey, this podcast is really valuable. There was a world where we started this and after three months we were like, wow, no one is resonating with this. This Mm -hmm. isn't going anywhere, let's shut it down. So it's also worth pointing out that this is the doubling down of that data. Mm. You know, we've, we've heard a lot of creators, people we respect, other people building businesses, other people that are really smart, watching and listening to this podcast and then sending us DMs or emails going, I just binged every episode. I learned so much from you guys. Mm. This 
content studio is the doubling down of that data going, great, let's increase the production quality. Let's film maybe twice a week. Let's mm-hmm. distribute it more, you know? And we've had a lot of fun doing it. That was, yeah. you know, we got the external validation. It's like we talk about with any kind of writing. You put data points out there into the world. You figure out what resonates with you and what resonates with other people. And I know that we could talk about digital businesses forever. Yeah. Especially documenting our own and talking about other people's, right? So we mm-hmm. have that barbell of what are we doing? What are other people doing? Yeah. How has that working? And there's something to be said about having a high quality production studio. Yeah. Where the immediate value you are presented with, the medium is the message, right? You are more likely to invest in a high quality or high priced product that's put together in a nice studio. Mm-hmm. You It validates their decision more than if you just recorded, if you paid a couple thousand dollars for something and you were recording it from your phone. Yeah. Right? Despite the information being the same, there's just perception difference. Total perception difference. This, uh, I might be speaking like totally wrong here, but something on that note that I just saw. Um, who's the guy who has the podcast Mo- Modern Wisdom or something? Yeah, Chris Williamson. Chris Williamson. Mm-hmm. So did you see he just interviewed Seabum? Uh, mm. But the shooting of it was totally different. It was all shot in Seabum style. So it, it uh, was like, it was more of that like documentary feel and it has that like cool filter on it. And uh, I, I saw that pop up in my YouTube feed and I was like, and I might be making this up. I don't know if this is true or not, but I was like, there's a world where because Seabum, this bodybuilder has such a specific YouTube and content style that he was like, I'll go on your podcast, but we're shooting it my way mm. because he's like, I want to maintain that look and feel. Uh, and like, maybe I'm wrong about that, but if that is the case, that's a really interesting way to th- start thinking about content where, <clears throat> how can you make it where when someone consumes what you're doing, it's not just you they recognize mm. and it's not just your perspective they recognize, but it's it's the way you it's execute it. It's the brand. Yeah. So every brand touch point is, the, the words you use, the style, the background. And we've, I, won't, I don't want to say underinvested in that, but it's been, I think it's something you get the choice to invest in later. Yeah. Once you've kind of validated a lot of the things you're doing and saying. I, I, I think it's a huge mistake to prioritize all those branding elements like at the beginning. Because mm-hmm. at the beginning, you don't have any data. You don't know what you're optimizing. You don't know what you're editing for, mm-hmm. you know? But yeah, I agree. We've done, We've kind of done the, bare minimum we're like it's a ship emoji yeah. get with the program you know look at this and we put it on a hat sometimes right? like that's that's all you need i think i think it's like do the bare minimum on the branding side so that you validate the category first you, you validate the problems that you're solving who it is you're trying to help but yeah there's definitely something to be said for us more meticulously crafting that style, the, the physical feel of the studio, mm-hmm. the feel of the content. Mm-hmm. Like there, there's, yeah, it's really cool. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be really fun. What else we wanna do in here? Or else, what else are we thinking about over the next couple of weeks and months? Well, uh, I'm getting married in six months. So I think you and I are both aware that that is a large open loop um so there's definitely some periods where like this is something we've been talking about a lot lately is one of the benefits of entrepreneurship is getting to build your life around your business and it's a it's a hard line to straddle because 
if you're not careful with that, then your business builds your life and you just sort of become a prisoner to it. But yeah, it's like being aware of what things you have coming up in your life or what things you have going on in your life and building around those things so that one doesn't overshadow the other is really important. But um, yeah, I mean, I think our next big thing is going to be the ghostwriting mastermind that I'm really excited about. We've been talking about it for two years. I would love to get to a point where we do uh, in-person events. Mm-hmm. I think doing an in-person Ship 30 would be super cool. Mm-hmm. Doing an in-person like creator meet and greet, meet and greet yeah. would be super cool. Doing an in-person uh, ghostwriting mastermind would be super cool. There's in the bridging, the gap to, bridging the gap to in-person. Yeah. But it feels like we're going to spend this summer setting the foundation and plugging the holes in. I, I like this idea of every time your business doubles, something breaks. And we are experiencing and we're that. experiencing the growth pains of sprinting on PGA all May and June and now going into a Ship 30 cohort. This will be the first time that we've been running PGA at the same time, mm-hmm. running Ship 30. I felt that yesterday <laughs> as I manically looked around at all the things that we were responsible for and it wasn't documented anywhere. Yeah. So I think we'll experience a little bit of growing pains, especially as we build this out. So it feels like the right time to do that. Mm-hmm. And there is something to be said of when you're in kind of a hyper growth mode. Yeah, it might be exponential, which is what I feel we're at, but it there's you get there and then you have to, you have to pause, you have to pause and you have to soak in what are all the things that you're not even aware of that are about to break. Yeah. And I think we could, we could look back at every milestone of the business. If you look at each doubling point from like 10 K a month to where we're at now, you could probably point to it like a couple Slack messages from me of like, all right, something feels <laughs> broken here. Yep. It's time to organize. And so I think we'll spend a lot of July and probably August doing that. We have some travel. Going to Greece. The going bachelor to Greece. Party. That's going to be a lot of fun. Doing a bachelor party in Greece. Doing L- London, Amsterdam. Going to do a little Ship 30 PTYA meetup with Ollie. Oh, that'll so be really to cool. Because like it's going to be in the middle of a cohort. So I think we'll have a lot of active people in London that I can say, hey, come do this. Uh, Maybe we'll like send some pictures or something. I don't know. Yeah. Doing that, um, I'm really excited to see what you talk about with Ollie on your oh, podcast yeah. episode because mm-hmm. I've gotten a lot of really positive response. He's got like 60,000 views. Yeah, right just on YouTube. Yeah, crazy. And a ton of comments. I've gotten a bunch of DMs and emails about it. And uh, yeah, I think there's, it was cool talking to Ali because there's so much overlap between what we talk about on the writing side and what he talks about on the video side. Mm-hmm. And it's like the methodology is the same. The approach is the same. The strategy is the same. That's why a lot of times too, we see people that go through Ship 30 they go, my conclusion is I don't like writing. I want to go start a podcast. And it's mm-hmm. like, great. All these skills, we talked about this in a previous uh, podcast, was like the whole game is just building the skills and then reskinning them to different areas that you want to apply them to. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really matter if it's writing or making videos or podcasts or whatever. Well, here's what we can talk a little bit about and expand this idea because as I've been looking at the barbell of Ship 30 and PGA, what our long-term kind of educational style could be. And I think it's a mix of beginner, get started, 30-day kind of challenge. And so you just said it. What if there was a world where we had ship 30 for writing, podcast 30 Mm -hmm. for someone who wants to start a podcast in a month and someone who wants to start a YouTube channel? Or we've 
started to build these relationships where we could go to a Ollie and say, hey, you have your full academy. What if you had a even lighter beginner version that was like quick start 30 day? Go to other podcasters and say, hey, we'll help you build the full curriculum. You're not monetizing it that effectively. Mm-hmm. You can build that, right? So if we had a full suite of almost beginner creative challenges, taking all the things we've learned about doing it with the community, mm-hmm. doing it with accountability, doing it in a experimental way. So it's not anything you're committing to for the long term. So I think that is one. That's one side of the bar. One side. And then the other is looking at business opportunities. Like right now we see there's a huge opportunity for people to have educational email courses. Mm-hmm. I think every website, every creator, every entrepreneur, every e-com store will go from having a bland, okay, join our newsletter to here's what you could learn about our product. Here's the mistakes you're making, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. When we see that opportunity, we could go fill it ourselves. And that is scalable in one area, but higher level of leverage is understanding that there's so much potential demand for that, that we could educate individuals to start their own micro agency to go and fulfill that service. Which is basically what we're doing with PGA, right? right? So if we can get that model correct, we can then just say, observe the digital business landscape and uh-huh. say where if we had infinite service capability, what would we go and offer these people to help them scale? And then rather than fulfill it ourselves, we do the education to help other people go fulfill that. Yeah. And if you strike that barbell and we ascend to having operators of each of those, I think that's kind of a long term. Yeah, totally. How you build a 50 to $100 million education. Business. Yeah, you said it, was it yesterday? And just this question of, you know, who, not how. Mm-hmm. And I think we're, you and I are both starting to feel it, which is like every new idea we have, you almost have to untrain the response of, okay, how do we go do that? Mm-hmm. Be at, past a certain level, you don't have to be the one to go and do it. Like, how can you come up with an idea and then go, let's go find the person and empower them to build them, which also removes more and more of the risk of the business being dependent on us. Mm-hmm. Like that's how you really, and I think it's funny, we talk, I forget, I don't know who the quote is attributed to, but the people need to be reminded more than they need to be told, you mm-hmm. know? We made a, a video and did a podcast a couple of weeks, maybe a month or two ago, on this idea of every time the business doubles, you need to pause. Mm-hmm. And like, we, we just <laughs> experienced it, and then we both were like, Nothing to fix. Keep going. You know, and like, (laughs) I think it's so worth pointing out that even the people that you look at that are succeeding at something or that you look up to in some way, like they also need to be reminded and they are also actively reminding themselves because we all forget these things at every single level. Mm -hmm. And, And we all have this horrible trait where you think that like exponential growth just goes forever. It's like watching the Bitcoin chart being like, there's no way it's going to go down, you know? We need to just go back and watch our episodes from two or three months ago or read our Twitter feeds because most of the stuff we create and talk about are reminders to ourselves or some kind of documentation of what we're doing. Yeah. But I like that idea of as we continue to think who, not how, going and finding these other opportunities and saying, rather than do it ourselves, how can we partner with them and have them do a considerable amount of it? And I've been listening to a lot of 
the Founders Podcast, which mm-hmm. I've turned you on to. I've turned to Daniel's really, been really cool. listening to it. David Center does an awesome job with that. And I play that in the background of a lot of things I'm doing because I've realized I also listened to a good episode with the Speechify CEO, Cliff Weitzman. Mm. Speechify is an app that turns all uh, written text into audio. And for my entire life, I've started to reflect a little bit on my learning style and I've never enjoyed reading. Mm. I'm, my reading comprehension was never that strong, but listening, I listen very well. I pick things up. So I've just been playing Founders Podcast kind of as ambient because I don't have to pay attention to it, but it processes. And the podcast with uh, Ollie and Cliff, they say we've been speaking for millions of years, but we've only been writing and reading for mm. thousands. And so our brains adapted. Maybe he's really good at selling his product because that, <laughs> but that clicked with me. I was like, okay, I, that makes sense. But anyway, that's what we call anchoring. Right. Everyone. <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway, what's cool about listening to those people is their level of ambition mm-hmm. and this idea that it takes as much effort to build a $10 million, a, to build a $100,000, a million dollar, $10 million, $100 million business. It's just the decisions of where you allocate your effort is the only difference. Yep. And so I like this of why isn't the goal to build a hundred million dollar or billion dollar and how would that change the way we thought about all the things we were doing? Yeah. Because we know when you have that lens of, I want to build a hundred million dollar education business, we cannot be in the business of going and building those Can. individual things ourselves. I'm not saying we're, we're there yet, but it is when you hear that perspective, I've been reflecting on how would I be treating things differently if the goal was not to hit X amount of revenue at the end of this year, but it was to hit $100 million in five. Mm-hmm. What would that look like? How would that change the way we operated? And I think we'd still be doing this exact thing of mm-hmm. getting a new studio because that sets the foundation to do a lot of different things. But untraining yourself to say no to, or really training yourself to say no to opportunities that you would have said yes to because saying yes to that means you cannot say yes to the thing that would get you Yes. To that next level. Whereas the thing you're saying no to just a year ago would have been an absolute home run dream opportunity mm-hmm. or shutting something down that you're doing to then go and build something else. You have to take that step back and it's extremely uncomfortable, I think, in the moment. Yeah. But when you take that five year view with that higher revenue level, you know, okay, of course, that's not going to be a core part of what we're doing to get to there. Yep. Mm, yeah. So many, so many things that you just said too. Cause like something we've been talking about is this idea of if you build, maybe this was the last uh, pod was if you build a new product or revenue stream, is it a uh, burst in revenue or is it something that can grow? Business or a promotion. Right. Business, yeah. That, which was another great combo takeaway. Um, like, is it something that can continue? And uh, a perfect example of that is like two years ago, a year and a half ago, a year ago, I've had, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I get people still emailing me because I ran a ghostwriting business for so long being like, hey, can you ghostwrite my book? Hey, can you ghostwrite this? And like in in any one of those individual moments, it's like, cool, that's an extra 20 grand. That's an Mm -hmm. extra 50 grand. But then it's like a burst and Mm -hmm. then it goes away. Mm -hmm. And so there's nothing repeatable about that. And so Mm -hmm. the, and and the only repeatable thing is if you're like, I'm going to sign myself up to do this all the time forever, but then you have a cap, right? You can only do so many of them. And pairing that with this idea of, 
oftentimes in order to move forward, you have to first remove something. And I see this with people in my life all the time where they're like, they're like, I'm burned out, I'm stressed, I'm working too much. Uh, and then they're like, I wanna do something different. And then they're like, what should I be, like, should I be waking up at four in the morning or should I be staying up later? Like, what, what should I do? And it's like, step one is not what should you do. Step one is what should you stop doing? You have to remove something to make space in order to build the next thing. And that a lot of times means taking a step back, cutting something, being in a deficit for a short period of time, making less for a short period of time. When, when we both were like, let's go in more on ship 30. Like mm -hmm. there was both for both of us, there was a period of like, oh, like mm -hmm. we'll dip. And then, but that was the right decision. Yeah. And you have to, you have to be okay with taking in the deficit in the short term for building something that rebuilds with more potential in the long term. We saw that last year when we moved here in June, June of 22 was our lowest revenue month in the last 24 months. So the, the month we get together, <laughs> let's build, we're so excited, lowest revenue month. By like a lot. By a chunk. And you look at our chart, it's you know solid, continuous growth. And then that spiked down. And it was because we got here and it was Dead of summer revealed sort of the nature of a, like a cohort model mm -hmm. revealed like, oh, the business that we're building is very lumpy. It's very seasonal. Mm -hmm. Like, and also those, those deficits, it's like you can, this is the, the whole game of entrepreneurship, right? It's like, you can either view that as, oh no, we're screwed. Everything's, you know, everything's a disaster. It's all going to fall apart. Or you're like, okay, what is this teaching me about what we're building? Mm -hmm. Here's the weaknesses. Here's what we could do to supplement the revenue in the meantime. Mm -hmm. You know, here's the shortcomings of this business model. Here's what we should think about building. Like that was our lowest month, but that was also when we had, we did a ton of TypeShare upgrades, mm -hmm. which set the foundation for a lot more growth for mm -hmm. TypeShare. That was when we like really overhauled both Ship30 and Captain Stable, mm -hmm. set the foundation for a lot more growth later. Mm -hmm. So it's what we did in April. This like April of this year will be our worst month of the year which set May and June up to be our two best so far. Yep. You know, and you had to take that step back and reevaluate. And again, these are reminders to ourselves because as we plateau at this new level, we will feel that again, more than likely of a small dip later to then take yeah. another step forward. And this idea of like, it takes the same amount of effort to build, you know, 10K a month, 100K a month, a million a month. It's just different decisions. I can already tell how the hardest part of that, even for me, is this idea where every time we come up with an idea, I default to, oh, I'll just do that. Mm -hmm. And it's like, if you, if you want to get to a hundred million or you want to get to a billion, you, you can't be the one that's like, oh, I'll just go do that. Mm -hmm. Say, no, who, not how. I have to go find the right person and empower them to do it because I only have so many hours in a day. And that's a completely new skill that I think we're both yes. getting to experience as well. Of, yeah, that sounds great. But you have to go find that person. You have to know how to train them. You have to know how to incentivize them. The soft people skills. And you, it's funny when you hear people further ahead in business talk about things. I've probably heard people are the most important part of any business probably a hundred times. Uh -huh. And for the first two and a half years of this entrepreneurial, You're entrepreneurial like, no, game, they're not. No, they're not. <laughs> I like this small team of five. And you recognize that sometimes you have to hear contextual advice mm -hmm. at a different stage and then it clicks. And now of course I hear that. I'm like, you're so right. Yep. So I'm trying to 
be more conscious of when I hear advice that I disagree with, ask, will I agree with this in the future? Mm -hmm. Or will I take a look at this in a different way in the future? And doesn't mean you have to interpret it differently now, but just be aware of, yes, in the beginning stages, people were not the most important. You are the most important, but Mm -hmm. then to scale. So word of caution to anyone listening to us is some of the advice we give is contextual to where we're at and would not make sense where we were at the very beginner stage of the definitely not. And this goes back to something we've talked about a ton of never compare yourself to someone making those decisions later on because they are operating in a completely different world on something that compounds exponentially. So you can't even fathom. And that again, reminders to ourselves as I look at these other people building even bigger businesses, you can't compare yourself to it. You have to continue to play our own game, which is building out this space. Yeah. So this this is more of a uh, yeah. I guess these are all the things we're thinking about. Yeah. All the all the things we're trying to sort through, and um, you know, we'll get back to our regular scheduled programming next week. Um, but I think it, it, this is going to be one of those cool things to look back on and go, wow, that was you know, this was the end of one chapter, the beginning of another, and I do think it's cool to. I I don't think it's a great long-term content strategy to just go, let's just document everything and just random ramble and talk like that's not valuable. But I do think that doing that every once in a while and just going, okay, here's where we are on the journey right now. Um, it then is very cool to look back on and sort of trace them, trace all these steps together. Yeah. So one year, two year, five year in the future us, hopefully you're watching this at the new shipyard. Maybe we can have this playing in the background. That'd be really cool. Unveil the many shipyards that will be opening in Miami, Arizona, Sicily, Greece, <laughs> Argentina, all the eventual locations. So I'm excited. Man. I'm really excited. This and will this, this will be so cool to, to build out. And I'm, I'm also excited to like open it up to other creators mm-hmm. here in Miami. Hopefully this is a space that whether even we're using it or not, like right. we can be like, Hey, Go you use know? it. Yeah, like yeah. I like when I recorded with uh, Danny. Danny Miranda, you know, and he was using um, another creator's studio, and I was like, "Oh, that's so cool! You're just opening it up and you know, mm. sharing it with other people." I think it'd be cool for us to do that with other, especially like up and comers as well. It'd be awesome. Yeah, and let us know what you guys want to see or hear as we build this space out. Right? What would be interesting for us to share because I think this is a unique, there's not very many people, especially in the Twitter space mm-hmm. going and building something like this out and documenting it. Like I would have loved to have seen, I know Danny used pop space, right? Mm-hmm. If pop made a video or a documentation of like, Hey, I'm setting up this studio. I would love to have gone and watched that. There's something cool about yep. seeing other people who primarily build on the internet, go and build something in real life or in person that's tangible and then eventually going and visiting it. So let us know, send us a DM, leave a comment of what you'd like to see as we build this out. Maybe we could document some of the design decisions, Mm -hmm. the gear decisions, the squat rack choices, the mural design. Are we putting Arnold? Are we putting Ronnie Coleman? Like who, who, or are we putting both? Are we putting Mount Rushmore? (laughs) Like the bodybuilding Mecca, the complex, all of them. So we're putting like a, one thing we do want to do is have homages to some of our early obsessions. Oh, definitely. So having some World of Warcraft for you, RuneScape characters, Pokemon. Yeah. Little things that I think document 
all of the different video games we've been playing uh-huh. our entire life, and now we've just chosen one that allows us to go in instead of collecting digital gold, you get to go build a cool studio. Yeah. Uh, as a result of uh, writing on Twitter, which Sean Perry pissed that is that a video game. Of, I laughed. I saw the, your response. He's <laughs> uh, like, "What video game hooked you?" And I listed all ten or eleven that have hooked my me in my entire life, and then the last one was just Twitter because that's exactly. And what then all these other people <laughs> responded. They were like, "Yeah, Twitter. Yeah, Twitter's <laughs> that one's got me hooked. It's like, you got any more of those retweets? Uh, yeah. So." Yeah, this is going to be awesome. I can't wait until it's all done and we've got some some like sliding camera angle, yeah. you know. It's it's going to look it's going to look really cool. It's a blank canvas for now. For now. And for we'll now. see how quickly we can do it, but we'll be documenting, we'll be sharing. Let us know what you want to see. If you enjoyed this style or just kind of riffing, uh, let us know. Leave a comment below if you're listening on Spotify or Apple. If you could leave this a five-star review, and share with a friend who is interested in growing their digital business or writing in general. That goes a long way in helping us grow the podcast. As always, leave a comment with your three biggest takeaways if you're on YouTube to enter into the sweepstakes to win a free spot in the next Ship 30 cohort, which kicks off in a couple of days, but you could be watching this in the future and there'll be one right around the corner. So keep that up. What else? Like, subscribe. That's it. Let us know what we should build in here. Any ideas of what would be cool? Let us know. Very open to ideas. But that's it. Hopefully, that's it. by the next time we record in here, we sound perfect. Yeah. Who knows what this ended up sounding like. Hopefully, it's good. But Yeah, I'm sure it's fine. You know what I was just thinking, too? You know what would be cool is uh, our Basil is in November, December. Mm. It'd be really cool to turn this into like a showroom uh, and then have some artists come and like put their, cool. put their work mm. up here because this would be an awesome space for that. Yeah. There's some really cool stuff we can do. So... Um, once we get this finalized, maybe we'll, we'll put together like a little, what's it called? Not like a, not like a housewarming. Is it a housewarming when you uh, like get housewarming? a house? Housewarming, yeah. Yeah. Housewarming. Housewarming, housewarming right? Yeah. But like an office warming? Yeah. A shipyard warming. <laughs> a shipyard warming? Exactly. So maybe we'll do a little party like that. Mm. Alrighty. That's it for this week. See you guys next week. Thanks for listening. And that's it. That's it. See you next time. Boom.